Welcome to the Eat Right Nutrition Podcast, where we partner with experts in the health, wellness, and nutrition field to deliver you an excellent variety of content based on real science, real facts, and real food. I'm your host, Daron. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking primary foods and the holiday season. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 73 of the Eat Right Nutrition podcast. Today, we are talking primary foods yet again, and we're talking about them as they pertain to the holiday season. This being Thanksgiving week, it is the beginning of the holiday season for a lot of people, although I will argue that some people kind of get into that holiday season mindset, really starting with Halloween, Nicole. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I kind of don't really consider it holiday season until this week. But the one thing that I'll say, and I say this all the time when it comes to the holidays, but it never really seems to help. So I probably well, shouldn't it? even say it. It's <laughs> no, say when it, it comes to the holiday season, you've got the beginning of so you've got Halloween, you've got Thanksgiving, you've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and then you've got New Year's well, Hanukkah. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to include all holidays. That's yeah, kind of but I think, you know, I don't know about other Jews, but growing up as a Jew <laughs> with Hanukkah, it's just not that or at least in my family it was never that big of a deal like Christmas is okay. in terms of you know, the commercialized Christmas holiday well, yes. in the yes, U.S. Yes. and gatherings and gifts and yes. The stress, stress, I never really felt, and I don't, I can't speak for other people, but I never really felt that kind of stress around Hanukkah like people do family, around Christmas. Okay, that's an absolutely fair statement. But do you get together for Hanukkah? Like, so when I was a kid, we got together. Nowadays, we don't really do as much as we did. We would do dinners in the evening and mm -hmm. light a candle for every night of Hanukkah. But mm -hmm. Outside of that, it wasn't really like gift giving was kind of in my family. It was like, well, here's a pair of socks. Like <laughs> we, don't, we don't have a lot of money. We're not giving you things yeah. that things that people get for Christmas. Like some of these gifts when I was a kid growing up were like right? outrageous. And yeah. I was like, man, like you just got like a $300 pair of skates. And my parents are like, hey, here's a hand me down. So, yeah. you know, is it's it's different. But mm -hmm. the point that I'm trying to make with the, those five days is that those five days end up leading into yes. two whole months, mm -hmm. you know, from October, the last day of October when you've got uh, Halloween and then yeah. you go into like getting January into 2nd. You know, January 1st, January 2nd. Yeah. And then even after that, I would argue that most people take all of January to recover from the holidays and then they yeah. don't start on their goals. And Nicole, we used to see this in the gym yeah. all the time. Yeah. When it's like, all right, January is coming. There's going to be a rush. Well, no, that rush is starting in February because people aren't in the mindset. It takes them so long to get out of that holiday mindset. And you have holiday parties, work parties, Friendsgiving. It's not just those five days. This is where I would argue with you. There's multiple layers to that. Like if you have friend parties for holidays and work parties for holidays and different friend groups and kids that celebrate different friend groups, that those five days can turn into literally two months of 
celebrating the whole time. And that's where people then have to recover in terms of of this constant, quote unquote, celebration of getting together with different friend groups or family groups or and even then you add travel into that. Like if you're lucky enough to have your family all in one place, that's one thing. But then you add family coming in and out of your home or staying with you or you traveling to see them or in-laws. And, you know, there, there's more than just those five days. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And then you finish out those two or three months and mm-hmm. it's like I've I've like a major set, major setback. Right. And mm-hmm. and you have this feeling of kind of, you know, sometimes guilt. And I really think that, you know, we're going to get into this and talk about the stress of the holidays. I think that this year in particular, there's added stress because of everything that's going on in the world with, you know, we had COVID last year and mm-hmm. we still have people who are uncomfortable with social gathering. And we are like, oh, well, you know, vaccines are waning. Right. So there are other things on people's minds that are adding to the stress. And what I want from this conversation is to kind of help to mitigate some of that stress Mm -hmm. and shift the perspective on the holiday season and what you should expect of yourself and what all the work that you've done leading up to this point. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to start the conversation by revisiting primary foods, and then we're going to tie that into the holiday season and kind of how to navigate this whole thing. Okay. So the thought of primary foods, there's a a concept of primary foods versus secondary foods or primary foods and secondary foods. And primary foods are kind of your non-edibles, your non, there are things that you consume, but you don't actually eat. So your primary foods are your relationships with other people. Do you have healthy relationships with other individuals, with your friend circle? Are they supportive? Do you have healthy relationships with your family members? What does that dynamic look like, especially going into the holidays? Regular exercise and activity is also another primary food because that's something that feeds you. That's something that makes you feel good, right? You, we need to be physically active as human beings. Then we have a fulfilling career, which is a primary food. So what are you doing for work? Do you love your job? Do you enjoy what you're doing? Are you excited to go to work or is that stressing you out? And then we've got self-care and self-love. And the important part is that you're taking care of yourself and you're truly loving yourself. And then we've got secondary foods, which are your carbs, fats, protein, and water, which are things that we always talk about on this show because it's a nutrition podcast. Yeah. Now, this kind of primary foods concept is kind of like looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is basically the way that we look at this and tie this all into lifestyle and behavior change is These are basic fundamental human needs. So what do human beings need? At the bottom of the pyramid on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you've got physiological needs. You need air, you need food, you need water. Then you get into safety needs, right? Do you feel safe? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have like family that protects you? Things like that. Then you've got your social needs, which family also fits into that and and your friendships and your interactions with other people. These are things that human beings need. They need interaction with other individuals. You can't just isolate yourself and, you know, behave as a a functional human being. And then you've got your self-esteem needs. How do you feel about yourself? Mm -hmm. And then you've got self-actualization, which to me is kind of the pinnacle. It's like, it's what, it's, what is your purpose, right? It's what is, what is my, why, why am I here? What was I put on this earth to do? All the deep stuff. 
deep thought. What is your reason for being here? What fulfills you? What lifts you up? What spins your, what spins your wheels? What do you get up every morning excited to do type of deeper connection? Yeah. And the, I I've said this before. I, I really think that Maslow's hierarchy of needs is not really a pyramid. It's more like a web that's intertwined, right? Just like your primary and secondary foods are intertwined. And the reason why we call them primary and secondary foods is because they feed off of each other. If you are not fulfilled in one area of your life, that's going to bleed into another area of your life. So when we talk about it from a coaching standpoint, when we talk about the things that you need to do in terms of your food, we also need to address the things going on in your life because those are the drivers of the decision-making in your secondary foods and vice versa. If your food is not on point and you're not sleeping well and you're stressed out and you have poor relationships with people, maybe you have a spouse that you're getting mad at and you need to mend your relationship. Maybe you need couples therapy. I don't know, but <laughs> it, but, but seriously, but yeah. in, from, from that standpoint, like those things are, those stressors are going to drive you to eat certain things and have certain behaviors physically as well. So yeah. it's about everything, mind and body. Mm-hmm. That's the whole concept of primary and secondary foods. And I think that it's important to address those and important for you to realize the things that you've built and the habits that you've created all year long so that you don't lose sight of that and the importance of it. Because I think oftentimes primary foods kind of shit the bed when it comes to holiday time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. So we're going to kind of troubleshoot some strategies and we're going to talk about some of the stressors and some of the primary foods that are really tied around your holiday season. So you've got, Nicole, like you mentioned, holiday parties. Mm -hmm. You've got work stress. Typically uh, during this time of the year, you know, we're leading into January tax season. We're leading into, you know, so accountants are busy. Or you are, you know, worried about, okay, well, am I going to get a refund? Am I not? Like, am I going to owe money? Like, what's going on there? You've got family stress and you've got, oh, I'm going to have to see Aunt Sally and she's a pain in the ass. And, <laughs> you know, we argue all the time or I argue with my sister-in-law. Like, you've got, and those are real things that weigh down on you. Yeah. And then you've also got financial stress during the holiday season where it's, well, I got to buy gifts. And, mm-hmm. you know, am I going to get my bonus this year? Am I not, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Like I said, even this, this time of year during this particular year, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. So those are things that are kind of, you already have your normal day-to-day stressors that are affecting you. And then these Mm -hmm. are just an extra layer of stress added on top of your normal stress. And we need to figure out how to navigate these things. Yes. And especially where for our listeners who have goals for, whether it be weight loss or physique changes or health goals, whatever your goal is from a health and wellness standpoint or nutrition standpoint, the reason why primary foods are so intertwined is, as you say, Doron, as things, as you start to get pulled away from the habits and behaviors that we've instilled and worked on to this point surrounding those goals, it is really challenging to hold true to those and keep them as a priority when all these other stressors on your primary food start to really get heavy. And, you know, I've been working with clients for weeks now as, uh, you know, ways to plan ahead to make sure that things don't get too derailed. Yeah. And that's part of one of the things that we need to acknowledge is that, you know, for anything in our lives, we need to plan. Yeah. We need to have an action plan. We talk about this with nutrition. We talk about this fitness. You, you want to have a program to follow. You want to mm-hmm. have some structure in your nutrition. It doesn't have to be perfect during the holiday season, but 
You want some level of structure to keep you accountable. Yeah. So going into the holiday season, I want you to kind of think about what your perspective is on the holiday season in and of itself. Yeah, I agree. I think your mindset around how you view the holiday season in itself is is the first place to start, right? So if you're going into the holiday season, like seasons in the past where you just go, well, it's the holidays, fuck it. I'm just going to ride the wave and hope to that <laughs> and hope I get to the new year and things are okay. And I get, I'll kind of sort of get my workouts in or I'll kind of sort of plan ahead. Then you're setting yourself up for failure. So the first thing to think about is how do you want to show up for it? Are you looking to keep the boundaries that you've set around your nutrition program as strict as you have been, if that's something that you've been doing leading up to this point? Or is it a time to maybe give yourself a break and lay off a little bit and maybe head back into a maintenance phase in terms of calories and focus on strength and conditioning and hitting PRs instead of you know, cutting calories back and trying to work on weight loss, like you can shift your mindset there and give yourself a break in your nutrition program from that aspect so that you don't feel like you're a failure if you set boundaries to cut calories and then you can't maintain them because of all the things that are going on throughout the holiday season. Like that's just one example. Which will ultimately perpetuate, you know, you feel bad for yourself. You just derail your progress even more. Right. You feel so shitty that you can't stick to it that you go, oh, well, see, I told you I was bad and then I just won't stick to it. And you end up being 20 pounds heavier by the time the new year comes. And then the new year's resolutions start to set in and you feel like, oh, I didn't do anything right. So I have to set a new goal for the new year's. You might want to maybe show up and set a different boundary. Like I'm going to go up to maintenance calories. I'm going to give myself a little bit of food freedom here, cut myself some slack, allow myself a little bit extra and just maybe work on Um, hitting new PRs, uh, focusing on a specific exercise, maybe your deadlifts, maybe a bench press, maybe adding some indoor cardio instead of outside walking, which I've been doing with clients for the past month now, since the weather's starting to change, just change up some of the strategies around what you've set for your goals and those daily habits that are going to give you a little bit of freedom during the holiday season. So you're not setting yourself up for what we call emotional distress, so that you then carry the guilt and shame around because you can't actually adhere to that goal that you set for yourself during the holiday season because it's unattainable. Yeah, I mean, I think, Nicole, we can put some perspective on it. I, I you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Why? Because everything reminds me of bodybuilding. So <laughs> it reminds me of bodybuilding because the last show of the year is mm-hmm. in November. And then the whole holiday season, you don't have any shows until April. Yeah. And nobody's competing in that time of year. And I think part of the reason why nobody's competing in that time of the year, nobody's going to prep in that time. And, the, and going from, let's say you start a prep in February, like it's not going to be enough time to finish out that prep into until yeah. like April. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or, or until before April. So I think that kind of puts perspective on things like the people that are most disciplined they're taking time off during the holiday season and they're taking a step back and they're still training and they're still exercising and maybe they're going into that's bulking season. That's off season for bodybuilders. What we call flannel shirt season. (laughs) Well, that's a, that's a Boston. That's the thing unique to Boston where everybody's running around in flannels. And I'm like, you guys look ridiculous, but that is like, you know, for bodybuilders, it's, Hey, we're always training, but we're eating more and we're training harder because we're right. able to, cause we're not in that calorie deficit. So maybe yeah. shift your goals to, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go into a build phase and I'm going to allow myself to eat slightly more. 
And then that way, those holiday, those days don't matter. Or on the flip side, you can look at it and say, okay, I'm just going to on days that I have events, I'm yep. going to plan for that. I'm going to eat leading up to those events. Yes. Don't because this is yourself. one thing that I always say. Some people say this all the time. They ask me their own, like, am I better off not eating or eating lighter during the day and then having a like saving calories for later on? Or should I eat all day? And I think the default is that people generally think they should starve themselves all day up until the evening because they're going to have drinks and lots of calories. And, yeah, and they eat. And then my, you know, well, so my, that's my thing with this is then I look at it and I say, okay, well, if you're fed throughout, you're just going to eat less when you hit that event and that party or that dinner, Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner or whatever it is. So you might as well just eat because then you're, you're more likely to binge if you don't. I think the big piece to this is it really depends on where you're entering in terms of your training phase or your nutrition plan. Like it really does depend on who you are and where you're at, I guess, and then how you create the strategy for the holiday season. That That's the first thing that you have to figure out is what have you been doing? If you've been overeating all summer and fall and you want to like use this as a way to kind of pull back, it's not impossible. Like, I don't want you to think that you can't do that. You absolutely can. You just find a different way to create strategies that is gonna, maybe you don't worry about losing weight, but you don't gain weight during the holiday season. Maybe it's really just about maintaining and trying to show up differently for this holiday season than you did in past holiday seasons. Or maybe it's just in past holiday seasons, you didn't work out. And this holiday season, you choose to work out and you make that a priority. It really depends on who you are and where you're starting and, and you know, where you want to, or what you want to show up for. You know, I like to take the approach, Nicole, of like, just be 1% better every day than you were, mm -hmm. you know, the previous, like, uh, well, it's like that shirt that I wear that's um, beat yesterday, right? Yeah. And that's how I look at it is like, all right, well, what did I do last holiday season? Last holiday season, I just sat around and didn't do anything. We so, did nothing. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this holiday season, I'm going to, I'm going to work, I'm going to commit to three workouts a week and I'm going to continuously do that. I'm going to do just slightly better than what I did last holiday season, or I'm going to focus on stress management techniques. I'm going to focus on potentially now, and this gets into Nicole, the, the family dynamic piece and your relationships with other people in that if you do have goals that it's okay to set boundaries and say oh, no yeah. to things. And mm -hmm. this is something that I don't necessarily relate to because my friends give me shit all the time for, for not <laughs> everything up, for, for everything, but for not picking up a drink, mm -hmm. I'll go out with them and order a seltzer sometimes just to, so I don't have to hear them. Yeah. And it looks like I'm drinking like, Oh, what are you drinking? Oh, well, you know, there's some tequila in here, whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's not, it's it's none of your business what's in my cup. That's how yeah. I look at it. Right. And you but have to be able to me, to... though, that wait, hold on. It's funny to, to me that you and I. So we have a different setup. Like we go in and order a, a fake drink and pretend that we're drinking. And my clients are going in drinking two bottles of wine so that their friends don't give them a hard time like this. This is what we this is what's the perspective is really what or this the setup is really what's successful. One of my biggest pet peeves about this, this time of year and I'm going to be really honest with you guys that are listening is when clients come to me and say, I have this holiday party and I have to taste so-and-so's dessert or she'll get mad, or I have to show up to this party because they'll be really disappointed if I don't go, or I have to drink something because they give me all this pressure that drives me absolutely 
bananas for two reasons. One, you are the owner of your own health and wellness program. If you are not confident enough to walk into a room and be like, whoever it is, family, friends, I, you have to, you, and we formulate this in our coaching sessions. What's the dialogue going to be like? Like, you don't need to be a jerk about it and be like, I, I, leave me alone. I'm not drinking and get all like defensive. But you do have to figure out a caring, open dialogue with people to say, I appreciate the alcohol off or the offer for the wine. But, you know, this holiday season, I'm taking it easy. I'm, I'm going to skip out on having something to drink tonight. You know, I don't know. We work on this type of dialogue a lot in sessions and especially with family. And I know how you all feel. I, am, I come from a typical Italian family. Everybody's eating. Everybody's drinking. And there are many times where I go and I say, I'm just, you know, no, thanks. I'm not having dessert tonight. Or if that stuff, if I eat it, it's going to make me feel so awful. Like I'm not down for it. Maybe I'll try something else on the table. But you have to stand up for yourself. And I got to be honest with you. Women are horrendous when it comes to this. They give in. They don't speak up. They don't want to talk about it. And then they get bulldozered into making poor decisions when they go out just simply because I don't know if it's a way to fit in or not feel embarrassed or guilt or shame. It's, it's awful. It's awful. And I've been talking with clients about this for weeks now of how to address and show up for yourself and make a commitment. It's not okay to fall into that or I don't know, help me with my words here. Well, you need to stand up for yourself. And that's where up. I that's where I always get into your social circle. Right. And that's where I get into one of your primary foods being healthy relationships. Yeah. There are some relationships in people's lives. Now, listen, your family and seeing your family on the holidays and however your family acts like there's not much you can do with that throughout the rest of the year. You can choose to and it is OK to distance yourself from certain family members that don't serve your greater purpose. Again, we're talking self-actualization here. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What is your greater purpose as a human being? What do you want to do and what do you want to achieve? Nobody can change that or do that for you. That is inherent inside of you. So I think having a good, positive social circle going into the holidays is always super helpful. But I also think, Nicole, that even if you don't and you're around those people like those family members that you're going to have to be around anyway, first thing I'll say is you don't need to advertise that you're not drinking because that's going right. to exacerbate the conversation. Yes. So you can just respectfully decline and you may have to do it three or four times and it's OK. Nobody's right. actually judging you for it. It's it's you're doing something for yourself. So it's it has nothing to do with anybody else and it has to do with you. And this is where taking charge of your life comes in, because mm -hmm. your life and your actions, they have to do with you, the opinions of others and how they feel about you not drinking or not eating something or not choosing a career path or whatever's going on in your life, none of that is relevant. It, you know, it's interesting, Nicole, because something that really resonated with me was Will Smith. That Ooh, his, mm, his book is so good. His book, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. 3 so a.m. You, you posted that and I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I may have to jump on that. I really, I really admire the guy. I really think yeah. that he's well put together. He's really in touch with his emotions. Mm -hmm. He's really in touch with his lessons, his, his life and, and kind of how to navigate things. And I, I really think that he's a, just a great role model for people. Mm -hmm. And so I saw an Instagram post that really resonated with me where it was, uh, I think it was like Carl Nilo, the, the, um, it's like a motivational, uh, Instagram yeah. page. And it was a mm -hmm. clip of Will Smith. And he was saying, nobody can tell you this is literally all he said. And I was like, oh, I get it. It was nobody can tell you 
what to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here thinking, we're just a bunch of human beings just walking around, not knowing anything, trying to figure things out, thinking we know things that we don't. And we always think that other people know what's best for us yeah, and that we should listen to them. But there's a voice inside of you that knows what's right for you. Mm-hmm. So I think that going into the holiday season, knowing that this voice exists and regardless of what anybody says, nobody can tell you what to do and how to navigate your goals, your hopes and your dreams. So it, I think it's really important to realize that it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks you should be doing. This is your life. Take control of it and respectfully decline. Oh, yes, have another flip- plate of dessert. Have another plate well, of dessert. OK, no. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm full right now. Right. Yeah. We always talk about stopping at 80 percent full and really being in tune. And if if you're going into the holiday season and you've been on track with your nutrition for a, quite some time, then you'll know what your hunger and satiety cues feel like. And you're really you become really in tune with that. And if you haven't been there, then you'll don't worry about it. You'll get there at some point and you'll start to realize like I used to eat, especially as a bodybuilder, I used to eat and eat and eat. And I used to eat everything on my plate intentionally because I was like, I got to grow, grow, grow. And nowadays that I'm not bodybuilding, I don't always finish what's on my plate. And I realize that I don't have to. And I still look around at other people and they're chomping down and unbuttoning a, a, a pant that, <laughs> that, that is like, oh, like my stomach is so full. It's painful. It's not OK to get to that point. It, it's you got to stop where your own body's cues are. Your body's telling you like, hey, dude, like you've had enough. And then you just yeah. continue shoveling food. And I see that around me when I've changed my behaviors. I see that around me with other individuals that like I'm like, how are you still eating? You're definitely full right now. Yeah, well, but the flip, what I was also going to say to that is the flip is true. Like if you're someone that you you can flip that over to for someone that has been really tight with their food and now is giving themselves some freedom for the holidays and decides to have a piece of cake or a piece of pie, whatever you eat. Um, my house, it's cannolis. And someone says to you, are you really going to eat that? Like, this is the other side of what I hear in sessions. I thought you were trying to lose weight. Why are you having this, that, and the other you're drinking? I thought you haven't been drinking. So it can be from either side of that. I went to a a dinner with a group of friends and we were dying laughing because we all show up at the table to sit down and eat. We're all trainers. I have a dietitian. There's a physical therapist. Like we're all in the health and wellness field. And we sit down, we look at each other's plate and we just say, enjoy. Like nobody's judging. No one's worrying what everybody else is eating. We just there to have a good time and enjoy each other's company. And I get the feeling from sessions with clients that that's not always the case. So you have to really you set the boundary, whether you're choosing to make decisions to eat more or choosing to stay away from alcohol and maybe eat a little bit less, whatever side of that spectrum you're on or side of the fence you're on, it is your decision. And what I would like to see is people stand up for themselves more and be more of an advocate for themselves. And this is the part of primary food. This primary food is that self-care aspect. You have to take care of yourself first. That's number one. Then comes the exercise and the career and the relationships. And if that's set in stone and you know like how you're showing up for that, then you can navigate through everything else in the holiday season feeling really confident. And I think that's the word that I would, you know, really want to bring to light here is that you have to be confident in whatever decisions you're making 
the holiday season is tough. It's tough for everyone. I, I don't care where you are. Even if you don't celebrate the holiday season, it's hard just to be around it. If you know, because everybody else is, I don't know, but you got to show up for yourself and you have to own your process. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, I, it really does drive me crazy, especially it, it drives me crazy to just hear people like get caught up in that. I'm like, you're wasting so much energy worrying what everybody else is telling you that you think you should do. Stop telling people. I say this to Daron all the time. Stop telling people what you're going to do or what you want to do or what your next goal is. Keep your mouth shut. Keep it to yourself and just quietly do the damn thing. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> You'll interesting. Be fine. it's interesting that you say that because I have kind of mixed feelings on whether or not I personally should be telling people. You I'm just going to be, be transparent. Nobody. About this. No, no, no. Because I have some personal uh, thoughts on that because when I say it out loud, I'm putting it into the universe That's of what my intentions are. Wait, wait, let me finish. Wait, wait, let me finish. <laughs> when I say it out loud, I'm putting it into the universe. And when I have said I'm going to do something anytime I feel like quitting on that, then I'm like, well, I already how, told people what, what example, because for myself as a coach, what mm -hmm. example would I be setting? If I quit on something, well, there's a difference here. You're from what? Because we, Daron and I have talked about this a lot offline. There's a difference between telling someone that you're going to do something and then having it be put into the universe so that you're, hold, you're held accountable and on the hook for it, then asking someone if you should do it and what their opinions are on it. There's a big difference. I agree tell with you Kobe. on that. I listen, tell like, Kobe. tell Kobe. Kobe Kobe's can, like, he do whatever listens. you want. I don't give a shit. Dad, do so, whatever you want. <laughs> so, I will say that you're right. And that's something that I've been working on through the three through the year. So I'll give you that. And one. that goes for everybody, because I, I I, mean, listen, anybody that knows me knows that I don't really tell people anything that I'm doing. And then I just am excited that I've done it. And then after the fact that I didn't know you were gonna do that. Well, you know, it's interesting. Okay. I really I recently did that with a jacket. I, I was I was shopping for snowboarding jackets and I was like, there was a bunch of people in my ear like you should get the red jacket you should get the red jacket and i was like maybe i should get the red jacket everybody likes a red jacket and i'm like but i like the gray jacket <laughs> so i was like you know what fuck everybody else i'm buying the gray jacket there you I go think I see aren't you happy jacket. yeah i'm happy with my purchase all right so <laughs> moving along the, the workouts i think is the yes, next workout. thing that i want to talk about so continuing to be regularly active during the holiday season, I think is important for structure around the holiday season mm -hmm. because we tend to lose structure. So show up for your also showing up for yourself and your goals because you have committed to some goals and you don't want to completely listen. You can reach maintenance. You can go into a maintenance phase when you're going into the holiday season, but you don't want to regress and you don't want to regress in strength. And that right. is a super important piece. So you still want to continue to do some, maybe you can scale back instead of five days, you're doing three or four, but you still want to show up to your workout so that when you want to really execute on a solid goal, after you've done maintenance through the holiday yeah. season, then you don't have to pick up at like that lower set point when yeah, you're coming out of the holiday season. And mm -hmm. I think it's also important to show up for your workouts and think of it in terms of like, well, what is my why? Like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for health. I'm doing this for fat loss. I'm doing this for to stress build management life, stronger. I'm not doing it to go to a party and burn extra calories or give myself freedom to have an extra piece of pie. Like there's no re workout reward for like with food. 
That is the worst thing that you can do during the holiday seasons. And everybody does it. I want to get a fifth day of workout or this is my favorite, which is coming up this week. They work out Thanksgiving morning. I'm going to burn an extra 500 calories so I can go sit and unbutton that extra button and eat whatever the heck extra I want. Well, he, That's so not the why. <laughs> Nicole, and then here's my point. And this is the, something that I try to stress all the time is you don't work out to burn calories during a workout. That is not like when you're doing weightlifting, you're not doing that for that. Also, if you're tracking your calories, calorie tracking on your fucking watch is inaccurate as fuck anyway. So <laughs> you you don't you're not doing that. You're doing that to develop strength. And over time, you're building muscle. And if you're building muscle, you're increasing your resting metabolic rate. Then you're more metabolically efficient. You're creating more mitochondria. Mitochondria helps you utilize energy more efficiently. Right. So you're doing it to be a metabolically more efficient machine so that you can progress and have your workout feel and function a lot better. You're not working out to burn calories. And this is something that obviously I'm speaking passionately about because it fucking drives me nuts when you're sitting here and you're like, I'm working out to track my every morsel of calorie that I've eaten. And it's backwards. That's not why people should be working out. So if you're working out for that reason, then maybe you need to kind of look at your not just your perspective on the holidays, but also your perspective on why you're working out to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I just want people to feel really comfortable when they're going into the gym during the holidays to really focus on de-stressing and focusing on their body and how they feel and getting stronger. Those intentions for the workout is the word I would use are going to be far beneficial than an intention of burning calories so that you can eat more. All right. So, Nicole, I think I want to just kind of give our audience some action items here in terms of how to navigate your schedule and your life around this time of added stress. OK, so the first thing is you want to manage your schedule, which also means managing your priorities. And mm -hmm. if your fitness and your health and your nutrition are a priority during this time, then you will manage it into your schedule. I say this all the time when people tell me, but I don't have time. I call bullshit because you do have time. You just don't have priorities and you need to be able to set your priorities and set your schedule. And I think it's important to human beings need a schedule. And I think it's important to continue to have somewhat of a structured schedule to continue to either like maintain where you're at or mm -hmm. build muscle during this time or even stay in a deficit if so you choose. The other thing that I want you to do going into the holiday season is manage your expectations around your fitness and your lifestyle. Don't overstress and expect of yourself the same effort as during the rest of the year. Yeah. You've got 12 months in a year. If two of those months you scale back a little bit, maybe consider that like a deload, a refeed, you know, just change your perspective around that and, and managing your expectations in terms of don't give yourself too much to do when you know that you're going to have that added stress. We talk about the stress cup and it's basically a cup of water and every stress that you have in your life is poured into that water. And then if you add in a crazy intense expectation or a crazy intense workout on top of that, those are added stressors. So during a time of high stress, you don't need to overflow that stress cup. Maybe you need to scale back a little bit because you have stress in other areas that you still need to figure out how to navigate and manage. 
The other thing that we've talked about, obviously, Nicole, already is consider maybe changing your goals. Maybe you want to go into a build phase. Maybe you want to be in maintenance and not gain any weight or lose any weight. Mm -hmm. And if you go into a maintenance phase, it's okay. You have a lifetime to achieve your goals. You have a lifetime ahead of you. You're not in a rush. We constantly want to strive to getting better and better. I know we want to achieve a certain look or we want to feel a certain way and we want it right now. But as long as you're constantly getting better, and even if getting better means, hey, I'm just going to have more of a structured schedule than I did last holiday season, then you're better than you were a year ago. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're striving to, like I said, beat yesterday. And also realize that all or nothing doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that just because it's the holiday season that you're going to be better off doing nothing. You can't just throw everything away. So like just always realize that if you're still doing something, you're striving for better and you're striving for excellence. Yeah. And you can focus on different boundaries too. like maybe from a nutrition standpoint, you just focus on protein for the next couple months through the holiday season. Just hit your protein every day and give yourself some a break on everything else. Or you ramp it up and go, you know what? I have the ability now to go up to five days a week. And this is exactly what I'm going to do. And you stick to that. Like it, it does depend on what you're heading into. But I think if you like everything else that we do, set the intention, create the habit, and then execute the schedule in terms of how you're going to do it. As long as you set that up for the holiday season, you'll, you're going to be just fine. Like it's, it doesn't have to be so groundbreaking or earth shattering. It should be something that is fun to do. And maybe you set different goals around it so that it just becomes a little more refreshing. I do all kinds of new programs for November and December for clients, something that they have never done before. If they really want to challenge, some people like a different focus. They're like, I need something else to focus on. You got to give me something. I I want to do more TRX. I want to work on stability and balance. I want to work on mobility. And so we mix things up and we shake things around or they it's the opposite. I think I need to do a little more cardio. I'm going to change my steps to in the gym workouts or I'm going to try some spin classes. We just switch things up so that they have something exciting and fun to look forward to. And then I have other clients that are like, I don't want anything new. I don't want anything exciting. I don't want anything changing. I need the same workouts that I've been doing. I need to know when I go in, I'm doing these six exercises and I just want to focus on that. I don't want anything changing because I have, like you said, Jordan, all the other things that are changing around me. I'm staying up later because of parties. I have family staying at my house, so it's not as comfortable. I just need the workouts to stay the same and be consistent. So depending on who you are and how, how you show up, in terms of that stress cup, make a decision what you need and what works best for you and then hold steady to that. The other thing I was going to add, because Nicole, you brought it up with the protein thing. Like I've had clients that will ask me, well, okay, well, what should I do for the holiday? Well, you know what? Continue to focus on a protein centered approach mm-hmm. and then eat whatever the fuck you want outside of that. Because, you know, for some of my clients that have been on point day in and day out, it's like, just enjoy yourself, have your protein and then enjoy everything else. Have a piece of cake, do whatever you want. The other thing that I'll say, like we mentioned before, is eat your regular meals. Don't starve yourself leading up to a holiday party because you're more likely to binge. And then hopefully by now you've built some kind of a social circle of like-minded individuals that can share the experience with you, maybe buddy up with your friends, create conversations around how you're going to continue to crush it during the holiday season. And if if you haven't yet created that social circle for yourself, then, you know, maybe consider, start to think about some of those things like link up with people in the gym, start having conversations. The, the gym is one of the most sim- 
supportive environments that I've ever been in in my entire life. And there are like-minded individuals that, you know, maybe they have some habits that they can share with you and some strategies. Mm -hmm. That brings to when you talk about sharing strategies is recipes is a big one that we've been that I've been doing too with a lot of clients is we do a recipe share, you know, get a text reel together of your friends, like what type of holiday recipes that you can make maybe a little bit more healthy or more optimal. You can share that with a group of um, people on text reel and, and give each other support as to make healthier food for your family, if that's something you are trying to do. And it just, it becomes more fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I love my fit family is, you know, at any given moment, I can send a text out and be like, you know, who has a holiday drink that I can make for a party that is tasty, but isn't as high in calories and would be, a, you know, a good, a good party drink or something like that, whatever it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't have coconut in it. <laughs> All right. And then <laughs> I, I think the last thing is find a way to manage your stress, maybe take up, you know, meditation, take time for yourself, do things that you love, do things for yourself. That's part of that self-care practice in your primary mm -hmm. foods uh, and, and just love yourself during the holiday season. And I think it's you know important to not just during the holiday season, but every time of the year to really hone in on the fact that your nutrition and the aspects of your life, they're not separate, they're intertwined and things that go on in your life will always continue to go on. I say all the time, life doesn't care about your goals. It's up to you to care about your goals and it's up to you to realize the connection between your life and your goals and how they're intertwined and they're not two separate aspects. And this is the big thought around primary and secondary foods, because if you're fulfilled and fed in a primary food, you will be more likely to be successful with your secondary foods mm -hmm. and vice versa. So yeah. that's our dose of the holiday season. And we hope that that's helpful in terms of navigating the season for you. And if you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe, give us five stars, write a review, share this with a friend, and you'll hear us next week. 